Have you ever sat down and thought that you were supposed to start a podcast? Have you ever wondered how you're going to do that and how that will work? Anchor.fm is the link where this podcast is recorded. It is so helpful, so easy to do. Now, come on, people. If I can do it, y'all can do it. I'm telling you what. So (laughs) go to anchor.fm, start your podcast, and follow what God is calling you to do. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. Welcome to season nine of the Anchored by the Sword podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today to hear the freedom story of the person being interviewed and learn how they became more anchored to God and to his word. I pray that you would be able to glean something off of their story today, even if it isn't your individual story. God bless and enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Anchor by the Sword podcast. I'm here today with a new friend. I am so excited for our conversation and for you guys to get to meet her. This is Lee McKenzie. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am absolutely delighted to be here today, Gina. And thank you so much for having me on the Anchored by the Sword podcast. This is, yay! It's going to be a good one, I think. It's going to be a good one. (laughs) Absolutely. I totally agree. So can you tell people more about yourself? Sure. I am. Well, I have been in the past. I have been a childhood trauma survivor. And then I came into the church and became a plastic princess church girl and was a biblical researcher for a multi-site mega church of about 17,000 and did everything you can imagine for about 17 years inside of the church. I'm also a Colorado farm girl and I was born in the Panama Canal zone. And my husband and I, Christopher, we've been married about 30 years, and I have a biological son, Julian, an adopted daughter, Isabella, and two little fur babies that we'll call Louie and Scout, which you may be hearing in the <laughs> background here. So that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And we're nothing if not real here on the podcast because they've heard my dogs all over the place <laughs> over the years. So <laughs> absolutely. How did you get into everything that you're doing? So um, it's funny, uh, I started off kind of a hot mess as a kid and growing up and everything else. I went to the U.S. Military Academy at West Point, met my Mm -hmm. husband, got married and ended up, it's just funny, we kind of like knew something was missing. I was always a searcher for faith Mm -hmm. and found Christ when I was in my 30s after my son was born and just got very, very into church and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I couldn't believe that Jesus had saved my soul. I didn't really know much about him. Mm-hmm. And so I was really on fire um, and did probably just about everything inside of a multi-site mega church that you can do. Um, I mm-hmm. taught Bible study, loved the God's word, loved um, encouraging and praying and helping others out. So um, I ended up as the biblical research assistant for preaching pastors. And so I put mm-hmm. together sermons, sermon series. And about two, three years ago, I realized I needed to have trauma therapy. 
mm-hmm. and um, a good, great mentor, Dr. Michelle Novotny, um, great friend of mine. She said, you might want to think about getting some trauma therapy. And I thought, mm-hmm. why? Mm-hmm. And she said, well, um, I mean, you have abuse in your background, right? And I said, well, I mean, a little bit of abuse. It's not that big of a deal. You know, mm-hmm. I read the babysitter when I was in second grade and his, her husband, like I, I wasn't like, I kind of like marginalized it and Mm -hmm. walked on because that's all I knew. Mm -hmm. And so I entered trauma therapy and um, EMDR trauma therapy, Mm -hmm. and we retrieved a lot of the memories. And I realized that the depth and breadth of abuse Mm -hmm. started when I was about three. And Mm -hmm. as I went through the therapy, my, I was writing for a magazine, a Christian Mm -hmm. magazine, and my magazine publisher's wife said, you need to document your entire journey. And so mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, she just really loved, I guess she loved the way I wrote and she loved the articles I had written um, for Christian Standard. And I just kind of was like, all right, I'm doing this, I guess. Documenting, <laughs> you know, you're like document. <laughs> and in the end, I realized that there's a book there and a lot of people didn't want to talk about biblical trauma healing Mm -hmm. Uh, about two years ago, it was especially sexual abuse, childhood Mm -hmm. sexual abuse. Um, That was kind of a, "Mm, that's a little heavy for us right now. Mm -hmm. How do you reconcile this with, you know, emotionally, psychologically? And then of course, the most important thing for me was the spiritual. Like, Mm -hmm. is God good or is he not good? Is he great? Does he have the power to help? Why didn't he save me? Mm -hmm. So the the book that, that, that the project that we have right now, mm-hmm. um, the book launch for, she seems so normal is that is, that's where it's born from is just really me wrestling with, I can't believe that this has happened. I, how do you, re- how do you reconcile the relationships? Mm-hmm. If it's been within your family, if people were complicit, um, how do you reconcile with your, your spouse? Like you're acting out in the, the aftermath of PTSD and, mm-hmm you know, grooming. <laughs> I mean, I'm 51 and I'm every day. I'm like, Oh, that was a groomed one. I just, I just pulled a groomed event there. I have been trained. I mm-hmm. have been. And so it's the unraveling, the unraveling of a lot of, um, of stuff. And so I wrote the book really to help just one other person. If just one person is helped mm-hmm. by it, I it's already a success. And so yeah. that's what that's, that's how we got here, I guess. To help. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It definitely gives us a jumping off point. So let's get into your story, whatever part you want to share. I think one of the stories that um, I'm going to share with your, with your listeners today and with you is uh, it's one of the weird ones. And you, you might be initially like what, but I think it's kind of the, it's the total story of how do you find freedom and who do you find freedom with? And to Mm -hmm. know that God has walked with you the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I remember back when I, it was even way before I started the trauma therapy, like months before I started therapy, I woke up with a scripture verse in my head. I was all snuggled in bed and I'm like in the twilight and the scripture verse, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Psalm 23, four, that seems a little strange to wake up to. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'm, you know, I have my, my little, my little dog scout, he's all snuggled up and I'm all cocooned in, in bed. And I'm like, oh, that's like odd and weird. <laughs> and then I literally hear in my head, go for a run. And these were the four words that changed my life and changed my views of God mm-hmm. go for a run. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, 
really? And it's like, go for a run. So I laced up my shoes. I got my stuff on, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, do I really have to, I don't run. Like I am not a runner anymore. God, you know that this is not cool. And of course the inner cheerleader in me is like, you can do it. You can do it. It's going to be a great morning. And I'm like, stop it lady. Like <laughs> sit down and shut up cheerleader girl. Right. And, and so you're, you're, you're like, oh, really? And so it's funny. I, 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 I start out and I like do my watch for time and distance. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know how far I can run at this point. Mm -hmm. And I just keep, I just start running and I'm like, all right, Lord, you've got to direct me. And I felt like I got down to the end of my, my street and it's like, go right. So I turn right on 30th, go down and I'm looking at my watch and it's like, oh, but 0.3 miles. Okay. Get down to the bottom of the hill and I get this turn right again. And of course, wouldn't you know it? he brings me to the bottom of one of the longest, steepest, steepest hills in my entire Midwestern city. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Like, we don't have that many hills. Are you serious, God? And it's like, yeah, turn, go on up. So I'm like, all right, yeah. I'm going up. And I'm like, this is not cool. This is not cool. Right. But I crest the hill and I'm not given really anything else. I'm at like 0.6 and I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to do here now, God? And he's like, run one mile and then turn around. And so I'm like chugging and it's hot. And I'm like, this is ridiculous, but I'm going to just keep going. Cause when God tells you to go and when the spirit tells you to move, you really just have to do what you got to do. Right. Right. So I'm running. And then I, my little watch taps me and goes, tick, 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 you know, one mile. And I turn around and I'm not kidding you there. I had run through two cemeteries. Oh, wow. When I turned around, I saw the cemetery above me and there was death below me. And I was like, oh my wow. gosh. And, and it was funny because it was like, it's like the Holy Spirit was like whispering, why are you still in your cemetery life? Why are you still in the grave? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't even understand what this all means, but I'm going to go back to that Psalm 23, four, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Okay. And what I realized in that moment is that God had directed my footsteps every step of the way mm -hmm. down the hill, you know, out of bed, down the hill, down the hill, up the hill <laughs> and straight through to cemeteries. Mm -hmm. And what I realized at that point is that he has never left me. He has never forsaken me no matter where or when or how. Mm -hmm. And so that run kind of became this touchstone moment, if you will. It's, it's a moment that I have looked back on even now as I've gone through years of trauma therapy and uncovered the wreckage, uncovered the death and the bones and the destruction and the everything else. And I've realized that God has been with me every step of the way mm -hmm. through every valley, through every desert. He's been on the top of the mountain too. It's easy to see him there, I think. But when it's really been hard, when you look back, you, know, you wonder, did he leave me? Did he forsake me? And this story just really, really encapsulates for me, at least, that he was always there. Yeah. And he never let me go. And mm -hmm. that if I, if I can trust in that, if I can trust him on a run yeah. um, and, and that I obey and I just keep going and I'm like doing this in faith, Lord. Um, that starts giving me more and more about like, who is God? Who is this God? Mm -hmm. And how much he loves me and how much he loves you. And so 
And I really do wonder like, what four words will it take for, for you? Mm -hmm. What four words will it take for your listeners to hear from God right now, today, sometime in this next week and acting on the obedience of it simply because what I learned from this, my next four words were, he's never left me. Mm -hmm. I love that. Wow. That's such a great testimony of, you know, of his faithfulness and girl, I'm thinking about that hill too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that hill. <laughs> <laughs> it was a mean hill. It wasn't very nice, God, but I got to run down it on the way home. So. Well, there you go. I think I probably yeah. would have just slid down, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you know, you, you, you sit there and you're thinking, you know, as I, as I had gone through it and I reflect back on this run, I mean, I, this run is still with me. Mm -hmm. four years later. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really funny because it's like, yeah, uh, going through and, uh, and figuring out what the real issues are, figuring mm -hmm. out and delving into it with people that you love and trust and having mm -hmm. that support around us. Um, yeah, I think that that's, yeah, sometimes you have to go up the steep hill and sometimes it's really hard. And sometimes you're mm -hmm. like, I think I'm going to like die if I don't, mm -hmm. if we don't get out of this soon, God, I'm, I may just like pass out and you know, on mm -hmm. the side of the, on the sidewalk here. But again, on the, on the backside of it, it's like, we'll, we'll run downhill with you, sweetie. We got, we, we got it. We got it. You've got your people around you, your support, and you've got mm -hmm. this. You're not alone. Mm -hmm. So how has, how has therapy really helped you dive into the issues that you uh, faced when you were younger and even now? Yeah. For so I have gone through about two years of EMDR therapy, mm -hmm. and that was just finding out what happened because um, my mind and I believe Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit were so gracious that I remembered very little mm -hmm. of my childhood. Um, my mm -hmm. grooming and abuse started at age three, mm -hmm. uh, culminating in loss of innocence at five, and then mm -hmm. multiple abusers after that. And so it's it's been actually uncovering, being able to know that I know what I know. Like I had snapshots and imagery, but I didn't understand it. You have family lore that plays into the, what they tell you about what's happened. And mm -hmm. they have pictures, you know, and they tell you what the picture was all about and things like that. What was, mm -hmm. what were the meanings? What was, everything was so happy and great. And I feel like the EMDR therapy for me particularly was super helpful to verify um, it helps you connect your brain and your long-term memories with what goes on with your body. I, I don't know how it works, but um, it, it's really, it was amazing. Like I kept wondering and I had all the signs of pretty traumatic abuse, mm -hmm. but I, I could never, I could never say, yeah, that something happened to me. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like with the EMDR, it helped me she, uh, my therapist would say, what, it, what, it, what is the belief you have right now? Mm -hmm. um, do you want to continue in that belief? And, mm -hmm. you know, what would you rather it be? And so that was really powerful for me to be able to go, mm -hmm. oh, I get a dream about what I, I got to choose my own adventure and my own outcome. Mm -hmm. I loved those books when I was a kid. So I want to choose this one. Yeah. And this is way healthier. And this is more in alignment with what I believe scripture says about me, but that I could mm -hmm. never actually, I knew it in my head, but the difference, you know, it's a third, what is it like 13 inches from your brain to your heart? Mm -hmm. It may as well have been across the universe. I never actually 
believe that about myself. I could believe it for you. Mm-hmm. And I could believe it for my preachers and pastors and my friends and everybody else, my family, my kids, my husband, but I could never believe it for me. Mm-hmm. And so the therapy was really, really powerful for me, having been a Bible researcher and, mm-hmm. you know, gone back and forth in scriptures and, you know, literally putting together these sermons and stuff and ideas, mm-hmm. it really helps take it from my brain down to my heart. Mm-hmm. And believing what I knew to be true about myself or what I didn't believe was true about myself mm-hmm. and allowed me to go, oh, and I'm still learning. I mean, I'm, I'm back in therapy. Mm-hmm. I have pretty significant PTSD, mm-hmm. um, probably about, um, the military says I'm probably about 90% uh, disabled mm-hmm. with PTSD, with nightmares and other things. And so I'm continuing on in the therapy and just really trying to figure out who, who am I? Mm-hmm. Um, and who do I want to be now? Mm-hmm. And not being the codependent, like, what do you need me to be? I'll be whatever it is you need me to be. I just want to make everybody else happy so right. that you know, you're on those, that very low level survival. And I'm tired of being on low level survival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to go up a little bit more than that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. As you've continued on in therapy and you get flashbacks, how how does that continue to help you? And how do you work? How do you handle that when it happens? That is such a good question. <laughs> oh, so I was having PTSD intrusive events uh, as I went through the MDR therapy. Mm-hmm. And it was like literally, and people who don't understand what that is, it's like when soldiers come back from combat, which is what most people, if you've been traumatized or abused, you've come back from combat, but you're mm-hmm. reliving them in real time. And one of the great things I had with my mentor and with my, with my therapist were they were able to give me coping mechanisms and Mm -hmm. um, the ability to, all right, let us, you know, when I start doing the spiral or when I get triggered, cause I'm triggered, like even now (laughs) it's so frustrating. You'd think you'd write a book and you'd tell people all about this and you'd know all the answers and never be triggered again. That's what I always thought. Um, I'm still triggered often. And so at least now I know, oh, I'm being triggered. That what just triggered me? What is mm-hmm. this massive emotion that I'm going through? What is the belief behind this? Where did this come from and why? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so at least I can start analyzing I'm triggered, number one. Number two, when I'm having these, these attacks, mm-hmm. I can go, all right, I've got coping mechanisms. I need to text yeah. a friend. You know, hey, everybody, would you mind praying for me right now? I've got my pit team, my prayer team. Yeah. Um, I've got my girlfriends. I have my mentor. I have um, my doctor, you know, my my therapist right now. I'm like, hey, I'm really like really having a hard time with this one right now. And he's like, okay, do you need me? Do we need to have a call right now? I'm like, nope. I just need to let you know that this is what's happening. And so I think that helps a lot just to know that you have the support. We go through, you know, the breathing I have like a triple, I call it my like triple, triple fold thing. It's like the triple B's are the breath, the brain and the blessing. And I know Mm -hmm. how, like I have to breathe. There's certain breathing techniques that I use. Mm -hmm. There are certain ways that I, uh, leave the hyper emotional, um, the, I call it monkey brain, (laughs) you you know, you spin out and and it's swinging through the jungle and you're like, "I, I cannot get off the treadmill of the monkey swinging through the jungle. Yeah. And how do I bring that from, from the crazyville up into, you know, my logic and what I know is true, what I believe is true. 
um, up to the front, they call it the frontal cortex. And so mm -hmm. that's the brain part. And then the blessing is always the Ephesians six armor of God. So mm -hmm. put that on, you know, you, you are anointed with oil, my friend, um, you stand in the presence of the Lord. He dresses you with white linen, and then you put your helmet of salvation on. you put the, you know, breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, your feet fitted with the readiness comes from the gospel of peace, shield of faith to extinguish those flaming arrows because they come every day mm -hmm. and of course the sword of the spirit which is the word of god and so that's my triple b so we go through brain we go through uh breath brain and blessing i love that i love that that'll definitely help somebody today um as they're going through stuff yeah definitely definitely so uh let's talk a little bit about your book and your podcast <laughs> um <laughs> Because I love the fact that on your podcast, you go into small snippets of your story with each podcast, you know, less than 10 minutes or maybe a little bit over 10 minutes and you just tell a story. And when someone listens to that, like I've listened to a few of the episodes, you feel like, you know, you get like you actually get that kind of heightened sense of what you're saying. And then you know, you're able to come back down from it. So you fully, whether you have ever officially been through PTSD or had any of these incidents happens, you still feel like you can relate to what you've gone through and you can kind of take some of that and work on yourself as well. So I'm interested in seeing how the book's going to relate to that. Oh, well, first off, Gina, I'm honored that you listened. <laughs> that means so much to me. You have no idea. Um, wow. Um, yeah, the the podcast, I was told by my publisher back in March, well, mm -hmm. something like that. You need to start podcasting. I'm like, what do I podcast about? I don't even know what this is about. Mm -hmm. And I just decided I would start the narrative because really <sighs> publishing a book is nice and all, but I wanted the stories to be able to reach across the world. Yeah. Um, because not everybody can afford a book and not everybody can afford mm -hmm. to, you know, it won't get to Nigeria um, necessarily. Right. It's not yeah. going to get to Uganda and they are English speaking, you know, it will not get to India necessarily. Mm -hmm. And they are English speakers that need to hear the story of mm -hmm. how do you reconcile these things? And so yeah. that was my heart for telling a hard story in the most soothing, gentle way I knew how. Mm-hmm and always offering hope at the end. Right. It's, I feel like the podcast is very content heavy because that's, that's how I write. I, I write extreme tight content, heavy stuff, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I wanted to give only like a five minute, um, between five and seven minutes, uh, sometimes 10, but usually like right around that. So right. that it's digestible. You can breathe, you can think on it. If you need to go back and listen to it again, I didn't want to be traumatizing in any way. Mm -hmm. And what was kind of cool is that with one of the episodes, I realized that I actually had to include a chapter on some things like um, one of the chapters on uh, grooming, mm -hmm. um, predatory grooming came out of me going, oh my gosh, this is what I just realized about predatory groomers. And boy, do I know a lot about a predatory groomer. Mm -hmm. And so it's been kind of interesting to see how it goes with the podcast and the book coming out because we had a huge content edit with, um, I was very honored to have Dr. Alvin Reed helping me do the content edit. Um, we decided how the book would actually be put together. It's almost the same as the podcast, but the podcast is going to have stuff in it that didn't make it into the book. Uh -huh. and, and the book is going to have stuff 
in the end, the podcast will have 60 episodes to go with the book. Um, Mm -hmm. Every spot in the book has like a space that shows you, oh, if you want to go listen to this instead of read it, sometimes it's easier just to hear it instead of to look at it. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll link you with QR codes back to the podcast. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so I just feel, and I also have on the podcast, I'm going to have, I have some bonuses, like interviews with my husband, because mm-hmm. I really, really wanted, um, the champions that were around me, my support people, my husband, my son, my daughter, um, my mentor, I wanted them to have a voice in this as well. Mm-hmm. So you get to hear like my husband talking about one of the incidences and how hard it was, um, talk about, I talk with my 20 year old son about the adultification of a child when your mom is all jacked up and traumatized and how hard it is when mm-hmm. everyone has to walk on eggshells. Cause you don't know how, what'll set her off. Mm-hmm. And so we just had that, we just did that episode and that was really an important one for me. Mm-hmm. It was hard. It was raw and unedited and it just shows a love, you know, that love does cover over a multitude of sin. Right. And I thought, I felt it was important that they that my family deserves a voice that you won't get in the book. So mm-hmm. I love that. When does your book come out? <laughs> it comes out November 15th, what? 2022. I know in just a little while. So I'm kind of a, it's right now it's in the hands of, um, of the pre-readers and the launch team. And it's like, I'm seeing, I'm seeing my hand in the, yeah, my book in the, in the hands of my friends. And, um, and I'm really, really honored that my mm-hmm. uh, former mentor, Francine Rivers is, um, mm. she actually did a beautiful, beautiful endorsement and they put it on the cover. I didn't, I, love I, didn't that. That. I was like, Oh my gosh, the only time in my life that my name will ever share like a cover with, <laughs> with my dear Franny that I adore and love. So that was really <laughs> exciting, but yeah. So, um, yeah, November 15th, I can't believe it coming up here. That is so great. And I will put links to where everybody can get the book, um, where everybody can find you. So what are those links? Sure. I am uh, com, but you're going to have to go to Gina's show notes to know how to spell it. Because uh, <laughs> it's L-E-I-G-H-M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E. It's just a hard way to spell. And then um, XOXO underscore Lee McKenzie on Instagram and then just Lee McKenzie on Facebook. So. I used to be the church girl rights. So you can probably find me through those links. I did. Um, mm-hmm. I did, I was a mommy blogger for pure flicks. I was one of their top mommy bloggers a long time ago. Oh, awesome. So you, yeah. You might find find me through that too. The church girl rights. So <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Well, Lee, it's been great t- chatting with you and I can't wait to uh, read your book and, you know, get to know you better. So thank you so much for joining me today. I really mm-hmm. appreciate it. Gina, it's been an honor. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) You're welcome. And guys, have a great week and I'll talk to you next episode. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. I pray that each of you will take something from this episode, that you will be challenged, that you will be encouraged in your walk with God. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review so that other people can find this and other people can listen to the stories of God's redemption. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you next episode.
Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.